Next on BYU Sports Nation, 102 points for BYU basketball on Saturday and win number 12 on the season. But are the Cougars ahead or behind where you thought they'd be? Anson Winder on where BYU is at 17 games in and what awaits the Cougars in Spokane. Plus, the magic number of wins for BYU basketball to dance in March. It's National Championship Monday for college football as well. You like that? Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation live in Radio Vision, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Monday, January 11th, wherever and however you have chosen to dial in. Great to have you with us. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with the number one fan of Minnesota Vikings kicker Blair Walsh, Jerem Jordan. I was wearing my Russell Wilson jersey earlier today. I, I can't wear it on the show. Whatever. I, I just noticed that you only have 6% battery on your laptop, by the way. Oh, that Do is we need very to, true. Are you going to last the whole segment? Yep, I'm okay. going to last the whole segment. Okay, we'll plug in at the break. <laughs> I'm just, uh, I just don't want your computer to... Uh, to quit. You're always looking out for me, man. Yeah, looking out for your battery I appreciate, life. I appreciate that. Yeah. Yes, I, when I walked into the uh, production meeting this morning, I noticed Jerem Jordan with his Russell Wilson jersey on. Now, how long has it officially been since you declared your fandom, your undying fandom of the Seattle Seahawks? I wouldn't call it undying, but uh, I don't know. During the summer sometime, I decided I'd jump on the bandwagon. Listen, I grew up in Portland, then moved to Utah later. The Seahawks were a thing there, but I didn't grasp that. I, but I'm embracing the faith of my fathers. Listen, if you can tell me who Steve Largent is yeah. and why he was a big deal to the Seattle Seahawks. Yeah. Big-time wide receiver. And name, yeah. like, five quarterbacks in franchise history. Five quarterbacks? Can you name five Seattle Seahawks quarterbacks in franchise history? Ru- Russell Wilson. <laughs> Rick Meyer. Um, Matt Hasselbeck. Um, Keep going. Is there, are there only Keep three? Going, no. No, those that I named three. three, right? Can you name two more? Then okay, get, I might start uh, to buy your Tavar- seat. Tavares Jackson. Oh man. And uh let me think of one more. Let me think of one more. <laughs> Jer- I got four I hey, eight, four of the five. I'll get, I can tell you one right now for crying out loud that you haven't named. I can tell you two. Sure you can. Of course you can. And I didn't do any research? Yeah, this is off the top of my hand. We'll get let me give me a minute. Okay. Me a minute. Look, I'm just mad because my Bengals haven't won a playoff game in 25 years. Yeah, it's been a while. And they did the most Bengal thing ever on Saturday <laughs> night. Implode. Unbelievable. But enough of that. I somehow got through the men's basketball game without knowing the result of the Steelers Bengals game. So I went home and watched that whole thing. It was great. Public I was on Twitter the whole time and I, mi- I missed the result, which is oh. great. Oh. Brutal. <laughs> Brutal. All-time low for that franchise. I'm not looking one up, by the way. I'm just sitting here thinking, okay? Here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Enough NFL playoff talk. Jerem Seahawks. BYU men's <laughs> basketball beats San Francisco Warren 102. Moon. Warren Moon. 102. See, you got help from somebody. I cheated. I looked at 102-92. I was thinking of Warren Moon and remember- Dave Craig. Dave da- Craig was oh, the yeah, other one. Oh, yeah, on uh, Tecmo about. Super Bowl. That's right. The Cougars beat San Francisco by 10, scored 102. They're 8-0 at home. Four players scored in double figures, led by Chase Fisher's 25, mm. Nick Emery's 21, and Zach Selyus with 20. By the way, Jerem still has his mustache because of that. Uh, yeah, I got some help from Twitter, but Jim Zorn, you know, former – didn't he coach the Redskins? That he did. Women's Hoops has won 10 of 11 after a 66-57 win at San Francisco, led by Lexi Rydell, just 22 points, and Kylie Maeda's 14 
They are number nine in the RPI now. They're playing well. They might be ranked. If they beat Gonzaga on Thursday, BYU women's basketball might be in the top 25. You think they'll be ranked? They might be ranked. Have they received votes? They've won 10 of 11. Hold on. We'll need to see the latest poll today. The new poll comes out. Or did it come out yesterday? Either way. I don't know. They're looking good. The top ranked, you know who is ranked? BYU men's volleyball. Number one in the country. Yeah, baby! They opened the season with a couple of four-set wins against number three, Loyola, and number 14, George Mason. Ben Patch had 21 kills in his return to the Smithfield House in front of a sellout crowd on Friday night. Women's hoops didn't receive a single vote last week, so they ain't getting ranked over this week. Just telling you. Eh, I don't telling know, you. Watch hey, out. Hey, Cougars in the NFL. Daniel Sorensen and the Chiefs beat the Texans 30 to nothing Saturday. Look out. Meanwhile, Ziggy Ansah was named second-team All-Pro. That's all. Now, if you get named to the Pro Bowl, that's that's not that doesn't mean a whole lot compared to All Pro. That's a big deal. Absolutely, it is. In fact, we might discuss that more later. Hmm. For now, rise and shout. It's time for what's trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's what's trending on BYU Sports Nation. The current status of BYU men's basketball. The Cougars, as we just mentioned, beat San Francisco on Saturday night, 102-92 in front of almost 17,000 fans at the Marriott Center. They moved to 12-5 on the season. Four players scoring double figures. BYU made 15 three-pointers tying a team record for three-point makes in the Marriott Center by BYU. But let's take it big picture with our Twitter question. At this point of the season, is BYU hoops ahead or behind where you thought they'd be? Okay, use the hashtag BYUSN. Our green, ha, where I thought we'd be. After losing our most consistent score, Tyler Ross, it makes sense to have some inconsistent nights. Dave Rose had an interesting mindset after the win on Saturday. More of a big-picture mindset. BYU won. Offense was awesome. But he was plenty critical of his team's defense after giving up 92. Listen to this. The biggest concern for me is um, we'll see how we respond in practice when we try to address this, see if the guys are really urgent about, the, you know, about doing this and being better. Hopefully we will be. I tried to get Dave Rose to comment on the 51 points in the first half during my halftime interview with him, and he didn't even—he went right to the defensive side. We got to figure some things out. We got to figure mm. things out. It's interesting because that that soundbite makes it sound like he's questioning the desire of his players to embrace defense, specifically the point of attack, which is which is interesting. It, it makes me think there's more there. Like at, total guess here, but as if okay, we've addressed this in practice. We haven't gotten better at it, but we'll do it again. So I, I, it makes me wonder. Uh, you know, how much BYU wants to put into that. Because, listen, you only have so much bandwidth for how much you um, exert yourself uh, in a basketball game. And BYU uses a lot of that on the offensive end. Give, trust me, they're trying on defense. But in a game like that, BYU had to play extremely well on offense to win that game. And they did because they gave up 92. So Dave Rose likes where his team is at at this point in the season offensively, but certainly not pleased defensively. And, Jeremy, you mentioned the words point of attack. Rose continued with this. We weren't very good defensively at the point of attack, and that's when you didn't prove on that. And, and, uh, but we did play well offensively, shot the ball well, were able to, to win the game, and we're happy with that. So what does that mean, point of attack? Well, let's break it down a little bit. BYU had trouble defending on ball guards against San Francisco specifically, meaning when they start, you got their, the ball, I'm start their you. attack to go to the hoop, 
BYU's defense not doing enough to prevent San Francisco specifically from getting a lot of open looks. There yeah. was a lot of penetration and kick out for wide open jumpers. Rex Walters wasn't wrong when he said loudly to his team in front of the BYU student section, The Rock, they can't guard us. He wasn't wrong because they scored 92. Now, BYU has some capable defenders, but I, I just wonder if there needs to be added emphasis to that side of the ball uh, by Quincy Lewis and that and those guys. And trust me, they're the guys that know what they need to do. We just need to see more of it because Dave Rose was not concerned about the San Francisco game as much as he was about the future for BYU this season. Yes. Because if BYU plays defense like they did on Saturday, trust me, they won. Everything's great. But, uh, but it's not because up in Gonzaga, you can't defend that way and expect to be competitive, in my opinion. Now for the good, okay? If BYU can figure some things out with defensively. the good, by the way, in the future. If BYU can figure some things out defensively, then the future is very, very bright, led by a couple of young guys that continue to shoot the lights out and give BYU a major lift. And that brings us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Nick Emery's 21 and Zach Salius's 20 is the first time in BYU history two true freshmen scored 20 points in a game at BYU ever. That happened on Saturday. These guys are playing lights out. Nick Emery has been really, really good the last two games. Had a little bit of a funk on the road. Didn't shoot the ball particularly well, but Zach Selyus, he's been the man lately. He's been averaging, what, I think 14 a game the last three or something? Second in the country in three-point field goal percentage at 58.5%. That is just nuts. I don't care if you're a senior in college. As a freshman? Doing that, and he's taken a lot of threes. He was 6 for 10 on Saturday night. He continues to fire up a ton and make a ton. And here's what's fun about that. So he is BYU's bench scoring, right? There's not really anybody else that's doing uh, much off the bench. He's coming in, and he's having an impact, and he's playing a lot of minutes right now. He's coming in, BYU's going small, but he's 6'7", so I don't know that that's actually going small. It's just that he's more of a uh, backcourt player, right? He's a perimeter player player. He's been fantastic. So he's changed the dynamic of the season. And yet again, Dave Rose makes a mid-season adjustment that yields success for BYU. And that's in the form of Zach Selyus. Last year, if you recall, it was Anson Winder playing uh, as a fourth guard on the court. And that was the difference in the season for BYU at the midway point. Anson will join us a little bit later. BYU getting consistency from Kyle Collins, where Chase Fisher has been very solid as of late. And the Cougars are scoring basically at will on offense. Can they do enough defensively and take that momentum that they're getting on the offensive side? BYU is 12-5 and five right now. And let's go back to our Twitter question now, Jerem. We both need to address this. Oh, yes. Are the Cougars where you thought they would be at this point in the season? I think the only – I think BYU is one game off of where I, I thought they'd be at this point. I didn't anticipate a loss to Long Beach State, I w and I was hoping – so that's the game. And then I was hoping that BYU would take either Utah or Colorado on the road and go into non-conference play um, that way. With that said, BYU is still in a, a decent spot, there, but they're going to have to heck of a, have a heck of a run. So just one game off of, my, of where I thought they'd be at this point. Okay. I, you know what? BYU 13-4 and four is exactly where I thought they would be. I – so one game off as just, well. Just one. You know, I know you said you wanted them to pull Colorado or Utah. For the so that it wouldn't be so bubbly. Maybe at the end. fourteen BYU's and three. Awfully bubbly. I thought they would be thirteen and four at this point. So yes, one game off, but still in good position. 
still in plenty, there have plenty left on the resume, at least in terms of the schedule of what's ahead, that they can impress the committee and get things done. And some people say, well, they lost to Harvard. I just wanted BYU. Harvard just needed wasn't to, as bad a loss as it. BYU we thought it'd just be. needed to win two games in Hawaii, and guess what? They and did. Northern that. Iowa is uh, one hundred and three in the RPI right now, but we think that that will become a top seventy-five win by the yes. end. Yes, right? yes. So that win should get better. I I just wanted a good road win because BYU is one and four on the road right now, and in those four losses, you look at they they just got down by too many. Long Beach State twelve, Utah twenty four, Colorado twenty five, St. Mary's fifteen. So they couldn't dig out of those holes on the road. Now BYU plays the next four on the road. I hope they go at least three and one in that. So lose you're giving them a loss potentially at Gonzaga. A loss you'd think at Gonzaga three and one would be good in the next four, given the way they played on the road. One and four. Yeah. BYU at Portland and then the LA trip against LMU and Pepperdine after that before they come home. And then they play seven of ten at home. And that is why I like BYU's chances down the stretch. They yep. have seven of ten at home, including home games against a couple of top fifty RPI teams, Gonzaga and St. Mary's. We'll tell you the magic number for BYU to feel good about an at-large spot coming up on BYU Sports Nation. Anson Winder will join us next as he discusses what it's like to play in the kennel in Spokane, Washington, plus an update on BYU-Utah. BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Simulcast on BYU Radio and BYU TV. Our conversation happening right now on Twitter. Follow us at BYU Sports Nation. Use the hashtag BYUSN. Thursday night, women's basketball against Gonzaga is live at 7 Eastern time. You can watch it on BYU TV. Our Twitter question today, at this point of the season, is BYU Hoops, 12-5, and five, ahead or behind where you thought they'd be? At Melocopter answers, it's pretty close. My expectations are for them to be the top two in the West Coast Conference and squeeze into the tournament, both still attainable. BYU wins a couple of games against top 50 opponents at home, absolutely, it is attainable. We have just received an update from the University of Utah and Larry Kraskoviak's press conference dealing with the future of the BYU-Utah series. And to give you a brief summary, it looks like the game will not happen next year, but that Utah is committed to move forward and schedule games again with BYU after Maybe a one-year break. I don't know. The specifics let's, let's bring in Anson Winder and, and talk about this. What's up, Anson? <laughs> What's going on? How are you guys doing? Good. So we'll talk BYU-Utah first, then we'll dive into what happened over the weekend. But the University of Utah president, David Pershing, said, although there will be no basketball game with BYU next year, we are committed to expanding the schedule to include BYU yeah. and other state schools to the extent that they desire such games. Way to put it on the other schools. While we respect and value the rivalry between our athletic programs, several negative aspects have emerged over the last several years uh, that need to be addressed. He's spoken to BYU president uh, Kevin J. Worthen, and, and they mentioned this. They will create a group of faculty, staff, students, and fans to assist in identifying changes that can be made to ensure future athletic contests are exciting and respectful for all. What do you think of this? Um, I think it's a rivalry. You know, if, if the emotions weren't running high, if you weren't seeing things like this, these antics that go on between rivalries, it wouldn't be such a big a rivalry as it is. To go to, to the extent of addressing it as if this is recent news or recent history, I don't think it's that serious. Um, the rivalries across the country where 
they don't break it out. Look at the brawl between Xavier and Cincy. You know, they didn't stop the rivalry with that. They didn't close it out. I think they the game should be played. I'm hurt that it won't be played next year, but you know, hopefully they can bring it back the year after. Anson Winder with us in Studio B as we talk about BYU basketball and just summing up what's going on with the University of Utah right now. What is it like for the players and conversations you've had with guys on the team right now? How much do they really care about this game not happening next year? It's huge. You know, that's a huge game that's on the schedule. We mark it every year. Coach gets super excited for for that game. Um, you just know the importance. I think every year we've played, or, or BYU has played BYU, uh, Utah, they've been ranked or they've been a top program the last couple of years, and it means something to to go in and play them for your strength of schedule and if you can get a win. So it'll, it'll hurt. It was surprising uh, last week to hear Dave Rose say that he and Larry Kraskoviak had never had a conversation about the safety of players. Now, now there were statements today, new, new ones that just came out from uh, Larry Kraskoviak, head coach for Utah men's basketball, reemphasizing two big issues. Uh, he says, I'm concerned about the potential for a serious injury in the current atmosphere of this rivalry. And then he says, within this matchup exists a highly venomous and toxic environment that fuels irrational behavior. That sounds like a rivalry definition to me. And has nothing to do with enhancing relationships or appreciating differences. And he continues, there's more there. We did tweet the full statement from Larry Kraskoviak. Why in the world can Utah cancel this without even having a conversation about it, Anson? I think I'm asking so. you answerless questions. <laughs> I don't know how that can happen without a conversation being had. Or, and I don't think a rivalry should be played to enhance a relationship. I think that's a little excessive. Um, the rivalry's played because it's two, com- two teams that want to compete and they want to win. I don't think it's a matter of strength in a relationship. It's more of I want to beat the other team. So, I mean, that's tough. It's a tough battle. Bottom line is Amen the game is not going to happen next year, and that will hurt BYU's scheduling and RPI and all that stuff. With that in mind, let's talk about where BYU basketball is right now. 12-5 and five this season, 76th in the latest NCAA RPI. They will play seven of their final ten games at home, including home contests with St. Mary's and Gonzaga. Okay, Anson, right now, is BYU where... Well, where do you think they are? What what do you give to the status of BYU? Are they ahead of where you thought they'd be, right where you thought they'd be, or behind? Um, I'd say a little behind, uh, but that's the swing of college basketball. We could go back and forth about games that BYU should have won, games that we had in the bag that we just didn't close out, and that's the nature of college basketball. Um, I think you give a couple more minutes against Harvard, a couple more minutes against uh, Long Beach, and you win those games. Um, but I think going into it now, I, th- I think we're right where we need to be. How you look at the, the roster and how we've had to rebuild and rely on new contributors and young players to, to add to this team. And, and it's proving dividends. And you're seeing them kind of catch a tempo now that is, is at a good point going into Gonzaga this week. It'll be tough. But, you know, they're learning a lot and you're seeing them grow. So I, it'll be interesting to see what happens this week. Yeah, we both agreed that BYU is just one game behind. I think the Long Beach State game probably – uh, you know, embodies the one game that probably got away. Because I think BYU wanted two wins in Hawaii. Obviously, you want three, but they came away with two. Now you look forward, you see BYU go on the road for four in a row and then play seven of ten at home. BYU's one and four on the road. What will BYU need to do to go, say, at least three and one on the road in the next four? Um, the consistency of shooting, and there will need to be a little bit more of a defensive presence. Um, I think... One area that has been a concern is guarding the ball. I think we've seen problems with that over the last couple of years. It's not just this year. Um, so I think that, that help defense and the, the point of attack on the ball will be a, a major focus. And, you know, we've seen them get hot. And when we know, as well as anyone, as soon as BYU starts hitting shots, they're tough to beat. They're one of the best teams in the country when they're making their outside shots. 
So if that consistency can stay in play and we can see these young guys continue to make plays and follow that leadership of Kyle and Chase, we'll, we'll see some success throughout the course of this year. We have seen the emergence of a true freshman, Zach Selyus, who is second in the country in three-point field goal percentage at 58.5%. What makes Zach so successful at such a young age at this level? I mean, I think it's his confidence. Uh, I think coaches and the rest of the team have instilled that confidence in him where they expect him to take shots and make shots. Um, with the minutes he's playing, he's out there a ton, and he can kind of play through some of the mistakes that he's made and, and still be relied on to make big plays when it's time to make big plays. We saw that over the weekend. We, we've been seeing that all season. So I think that's the confidence that's kind of carrying over, and we're seeing it on a day-to-day -day basis now. He talked about the point of attack, and that's what Dave Rose really addressed in his post-game uh, press conference after the San Francisco game Saturday night. Explain to us how BYU – uh, is playing against the point of attack, and then how they improve. Um, we've seen them struggle. I think their point guard, Watson from San Francisco, we saw him you know, have a great start to the game, and it kind of worried me a little bit because you let guys like that get hot and they can really hurt you. Uh, BYU found a way to contain him in the second half and, and get him out of his rhythm. And I think it, it's a matter of finding that earlier in the game and maybe to start the game, getting guys like that, offensive players, off rhythm and, and out of sync so that you can cause problems and still play your style of play throughout the game. So I think that's an area of concern, but they're finding it. They're, they're learning, and if they can do that earlier in the game, it'll help. Now, specifically on in ball screens and that kind of thing, BYU never switches. Is there any thought in your mind to maybe switching occasionally, even though it might create mis mis mitch match mismatches in the post ever? Um, definitely, I, and I think that goes through Coach's mind. I know through the course of a, a conference play and through the course of the year, he likes to throw in different defensive strategies. So we could see that definitely in the next game or in the games after that, where they start to switch one, you know, point guard through four man or one through five, or no matter what, just to throw different looks at the at the defense and the offense because they know what's coming. They know through the last, you know, ten games they've switched or you know stayed with their man through all the ball screens. So teams know what's going to happen. So we'll start to see a little bit of a switch, and hopefully Coach will throw a wrench in there, and we'll see what happens. Who is the vocal and motivational leader on this team right now? <laughs> uh, I'd have to say it's Chase and Kyle. I think they're, they're the seniors that the coaches wanted, and, and they've kind of risen to the occasion and, and really got these guys behind them and got them in line to, to follow them and, and compete at a high level. Uh, vocally, I know for a fact that they're they're in the rally in the troops every day on a day-to-day -day basis. So I know coaches talking to them on a daily basis, and and they want to win. I think if you can get troops behind you that that are following your lead and, and want to win just as bad as you do, you you'll find success. It's interesting right now that the uh, press conference with Larry Kriskoviak um, uh, continues, uh, and I, I want to address it because that's what people are talking about right now. Uh, Kriskoviak, I'm not describing BYU as dirty players. Uh, he said he feels like the home arena adds a level of toxi tox toxicity. toxicity. Yeah. Yep. Uh, in it, and uh, he said the pattern was there, but he waited until this year. He probably should have called off the game earlier. Said there was no reason for canceling after playing at home. Just finally felt it was it was time. Uh, I I just I just still can't get over this, and I know we had already swung it to San Francisco, but. Uh, that press conference going on right now, and Utah is stuck to this card of dirty play. Yet they never addressed it. That that that's a toxic relationship to not communicate. That's where it starts. I I just don't know why Utah is stuck to that gun. If they don't want to play BYU because the Pac-12 is too tough, and that's the only rational decision I've come up with in my mind is maybe the Pac-12 is just too hard, and, and they don't want to play a, a, other tough non-conference games. I I don't know why they haven't talked to BYU about it, and they're still sticking to that angle. BYU. 
might become a neutral site game. That has also been discussed. And they owe BYU a home game, though. I know they'll pay that buyout. But if come a state, everybody has been talking about a state tournament, okay, where you play it at a neutral site, Energy Solutions Arena with Utah, the, BYU, the Weber State, are Utah not, State. Okay. Well, Kraskoviak said that he that has been discussed. Okay. There we go. So That's the first this, time someone of importance actually results, discussed it. Anson, if this is what it takes to result in a state tournament like that, was it worth it to cancel the BYU-Utah game in Provo? Worth it? I wouldn't say worth it. I'd say the common median for all the teams in the state of Utah. Uh, I think that rivalry, the home-and-home, home, has been a huge, huge uplift to the state and to college basketball as a whole. So just a matter of them playing would be great, but I'd love to see the home-and-home home rivalry continue. I, amen. You you have a good home game that uh, draws well for each team. It's exciting to have that team go up there. My favorite events to go to as a sports fan in this state are BYU and Utah oh, football and men's basketball games. Oh, of course. I think that's what everyone marks on their calendar every year. This is one of the biggest games in Utah, regardless of sport. Everyone wants to see basketball, Utah, and BYU. Everyone wants to see the football, BYU and, uh, BYU and Utah. These games, I feel like they have to be played. It should be a it's bigger than, you know, one or two people making the decision. I feel like this is something that results a, a bigger committee to say, hey, look, this game's going to be played or this game isn't going to be played. Yeah, this group of faculty, staff, students, and fans are going to be in charge of this now. Wait, Chris Hill and Tom Homel can't get in a room and figure this out? They need these people to get together? <laughs> That's silly. I don't know that it's so much on BYU side as it is, obviously, with Utah wanting this committee of students, whatever. It's Just play the game. Just find a way to play the game. And if it can't be at home sites and it has to be neutral, what? I'll take a neutral site game over no game at all. Oh, yeah, exactly. Oh, that's such a concession. It's such a concession <laughs> I on BYU's that, side. But would you, rather, would you not want to play the game? Would you rather not play the game than play it at a neutral site? You're right. I just hate conceding to that degree. Anson Winder with us in Utah Studio wins B, in that situation. talking BYU basketball, everything from the current status of the BYU-Utah relationship to now BYU going on the road and playing at Gonzaga, a place that the last time the Cougars visited pulled off one of the, <laughs> if not the greatest road victory in BYU basketball history on senior night, ending the Zags' perfect mark, and really booking your spot in the NCAA tournament. What is it like to play in that environment, Anson? Oh, it's a zoo, um, especially when you come from some of these smaller arenas in our conference to go to Gonzaga and see how they really pack the house. And it gets rowdy in there. It's similar to the Marriott, not as big, but it's similar. So it's definitely uh, that six-man effect that we like to have here at the Marriott, but it, it's, it's competitive, and it makes for an even bigger game, especially if you go there and win. What's it like uh, preparing for that game, knowing what's at stake any given season for BYU? And of the last four seasons, last year's was the only time BYU had won up there. Well, I think our team last year when we went there, it was a back against the wall. This is what's going to get us to the tournament, um, the biggest game of the year, biggest game of our lives. And you go into that knowing, okay, well, we have to compete and we have to guard them better than we've guarded anyone throughout the course of the year. We have to control the game. I think those are attributes that we did well. We controlled the game for most of it, and we found a way to win. I think that was a, probably the most fun and biggest game of my life. And, and when you have that mindset going into Gonzaga, you, you have success. BYU has a pattern, and really in the last few years you can look at this consistently and see that the team, while – the Cougars have struggled early in the season. They've consistently gotten better as the season has progressed and finished with these wild runs at the end to make the NCAA tournament. Are we not giving enough credit to Dave Rose, 
Because really that screams good coaching when a team struggles early and finds a way to get better as the season progresses. Oh, I agree. Um, he deserves the utmost credit. I think we forget – we rely so heavily sometimes on the losses that BYU's taken. We forget that this is still a winning team. It's still a quality, great product that he's putting out every year. And the fact that we let a couple, well, the team let a couple of games slip. Uh, they've caught a tempo that you know the run that they've put together these last couple of weeks, and that's all it's about is finding that run and and building some momentum going into the tournament. When you look at uh, the matchup with Gonzaga again, uh, BYU has a few more bigs this year. To maybe attack offensively, unlike last year, unless your name's Corbin Kafusi and you can throw up that twelve-foot <laughs> hook shot or whatever. <laughs> what kind of uh, what kind of difference could Kyle Davis potentially have there? Um, especially if I don't know if Sabonis would guard him. Maybe, maybe not. Uh, it's a little more of a post presence, and if we can draw fouls on the on those bigs, that'll help tremendously. I think that that's one of the best front courts in the country, and they are year in and year out. So they would definitely cause us problems. So that as soon as the BYU can get them in foul trouble or get them off their game, uh, that'll be an added bonus for BYU. Can BYU guard Kyle Wilcher man-to-man? And if so, who would they put on him? Uh, I think we'll see a ton of different defenses thrown at Kyle Wilcher throughout the course of a game. Coach Rose isn't going to stick to one game plan. I think he's going to see the team. We're going to see the team do a bunch of different things, whether it's doubling or have, maybe having Kyle guard him because he's a little bit bigger, or maybe throwing Kyle Davis on him for a little bit, or when he's in the, you know, in the post, maybe sending a double team. There's going to be a, a few different things thrown at him, and that's what we'll, we'll, we'll need to win the game. We're going to give a specific number of wins that will allow, or what we believe will allow BYU to rest more easy as an at-large team if it comes to that on, on Selection Sunday. But does BYU have to beat Gonzaga on the road to get into the NCAA tournament? Right now, I would say yes. Really? Yes. I, I looked at the bracket today, and Joe Lenari doesn't have us in it at all. Nowhere to be seen. So that means that either he's relying on this win to really lift BYU into the tournament, or is this a test to see how they'll fare? But I think this game is important, and BYU will need it um, late March. And if it if so happens that it's not this game, then they definitely need it at home. What is it about um, playing the Zags that brings out maybe the best of of uh, BYU in a situation where, hey, last year BYU wins that game and needed it in the NCAA tournament? The new, the new rival. Since Utah's not – you remember what ha- happened with <laughs> BYU-Utah football? It became, you know, Boise State slash Utah State. Yeah. Does yeah, it become Gonzaga, St. Mary's? Now? Yeah, you That's almost have who to it, – yeah, yeah, which we've had our battles with Gonzaga. We've had our battles with St. Mary's. So that rivalry's already kind of being offset and created throughout the course of these last couple of years since being in the conference. So it doesn't, of course, that doesn't, you know, help you feel better about not playing Utah, but that is still that competitiveness that you need. And, you know, a strong finish to conference will help you going into March. So that those, those two games, not only are they rivalries, they're huge games for your schedule. Which team, Gonzaga or St. Mary's, is a bigger rival? In terms of which team does BYU as a basketball program feel more salty about, Gonzaga or St. Mary's? Oh, that's tough. <laughs> We've had... Some heartbreaks against St. Mary's. I, they're both so important. It's hard to pick one over the other. Uh, we've had some da- – we had daggers against St. Mary's. And Gonzaga, there's been years where Gonzaga's just flat-out beat us. Um, and uh, both ways. So it's hard to pick one over the other. So if I just say St. Mary's or Gonzaga, and you're like – both of them are just like, oh. Yeah, both of them, you just kind of – that irking feeling like you just want to be – you want to be both of them. And 
the plan is to beat both of them, but to pick one over the other, I don't think I could do it. <laughs> both salty. I want to win both. Both salty. Yeah, exactly. It's St. Mary's for me, man. I'm not going to lie. It's not, it, I, I've switched my opinion on this. Last year we had this debate, who do BYU fans dislike more, St. Mary's or Gonzaga? I thought it was Gonzaga, but I think BYU fans have a healthy respect for Gonzaga, like Boise State football, right? Yeah. Um, but St. Mary's. It's not no. mutual. It's not mutual respect for St. Mary's. St. Mary's, think. the, Bra- the Delva Del Dagger, Brad Waldo. No. Yeah. It's not there. Oh, man. It's not. I, I, I agree Competitive 100%. respect. But I mean, like, who you yeah. dislike more and, you know, there's a little more rancor there. Who you, yeah, who you absolutely have to beat or hate to lose to. Yeah. St. Yep. Mary's. Yep. <laughs> and, and some great stuff. Always good to have you in the studio. Be Thanks, man. guys. I appreciate it. You guys are awesome. We have discussed everything with Anson from what BYU did on Saturday to what they face on Thursday in Spokane against Gonzaga and the latest from the BYU-Utah. We will have more on what Coach Larry Kraskoviak said, including this. The game wasn't canceled just because they're in the Pac-12 and superiority, although that may create more fuel for others. He said, if this needs to be on me, that I'm the guy who blew it up, then so be it. Finally, he finally owned his behavior in that BYU-Utah game. I got called out for that after. Finally, he addresses it himself. <laughs> More on that as we continue next on BYU Sports Nation. Welcome back, sports friends. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan doing it live in Radio Vision on BYU Radio, simulcast on BYU TV, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Hey, this weekend, number one, BYU takes on Stanford in the Smithfield House. It's the start of conference play in the Mountain Pacific Sports Federation. Number one, BYU versus Stanford Friday and Saturday night, 7 Eastern time on BYU TV. And what a display we saw from the Cougars over the weekend, beating number three, Loyola, number 14, George Mason. I have a vote in the new media poll off the block. Who's going to be your number one team, Jerem? Uh, I think I'll vote BYU number one. They, they impressed. And it was an interesting weekend uh, in men's volleyball, but it'll be fun this weekend. Refreshing today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Well, it starts with what's going down on the hill in Salt Lake City right now. Head coach Larry Kraskoviak addressing the media for the first time officially since announcing that Utah will not play BYU the next season. But there is hope that the game will continue in some capacity later on. University president and athletic director Chris Hill has also chimed in on that. So we'll have plenty more on that to come in just a bit. Men's Hoops beat San Francisco Saturday night, 102-92, to improve to 8-0 at home, 12-5 on the season. Four players scored in double figures, led by Chase Fisher's 25 points. Women's basketball have now won 10 of the last 11 games after a nine-point win at San Francisco. Lexi Rydell had 22. Kylie Maeda had 14. They're number nine in the RPI. As mentioned, men's volleyball beat Loyola, number three. And number 14, George Mason. Ben Patch had 21 kills in his return to the Smith Fieldhouse. And Cougars in the NFL, Daniel Sorensen and the Kansas City Chiefs moving on in the NFL playoffs after shutting out the Houston Texans in Houston 30 to nothing. And congratulations to Ziggy Ansa, who was named second team All-Pro for his efforts this season. Now, to the conversation that we have been having with Anson Winder as it has come down in press conference form from Salt Lake City about Larry Kraskoviak's comments in regard of why he canceled the series with BYU, I want to bring up something that just popped into my timeline, and that is Larry Kraskoviak says he didn't think sitting down with Dave Rose to try to tone down the physicality was, quote, realistic, which I think is a bunch of malarkey. You discuss things before you just pull the plug. Talk to the coach. This is two-sided. 
It's two-sided. There's a relationship here. What really bothers me about this whole thing is the way that Utah's acted since it joins the pa- joined the Pac-12. Yes, they think they're better than BYU. Well, and he says it's and, not about and so the, they've treated the BYU. superiority. Why can't we treat each other with respect in this? What? Why not? You're in a Power Five conference. That's amazing for the University of Utah. It really is. Financially, with status, everything. That is unbelievable. As, as a consumer of BYU Media, a BYU Media member, a BYU grad, extremely jealous, right? I wish BYU was in a Power Five. But that's no reason to disrespect the other school. By one, giving a lame uh, scapegoat reason to cancel a series, and two, to not even communicate like men about issues. This is the girlfriend blow-up where she's been holding it inside for a long time, like, I can't stand the way he chooses food when we go out on a date, and it's really bothering me that he's not opening the door for me anymore, and he was really rude to me. But she never says anything, and then all of a sudden, everything's good, and she's like, we need to break up. And then, and Why? Then, and then never have a conversation Well, I don't about want to talk about it. Because we just need to break up. Let's, let's, huh? get, let's get to some thoughts, um, and these, these are paraphrased uh, from the press conference. This isn't any one event. This is Larry Kruskovic. It's a pattern. Then so talk to Dave Rose about so, it if so it's a pattern. So didn't think about other alternatives. You, did, you don't even think about other alternatives? Why not? And how do you not discuss this with BYU? If you're concerned the first game, have a discussion with Dave Rose about if it. If it was that big a deal... Why hasn't a conversation happened prior to this year? Exactly. My what? point. Exactly my Nick point. Emery, Nick Emery's um, punch or hit was the uh, straw that broke the camel's back. Has it been one-sided the whole time? No. Clearly, no. Chris Koviak said he didn't think any, of, any other alternatives than canceling the game. Said he reflected for days after about it. By yourself, what kind of conclusion do you think you individually will come to if you do it right after your player gets hit. That's so obvious that you will think negative that way. How about you consult with others, including the other side of the coin? Coach Kraskoviak feels like the home arena adds a level of toxicity that maybe playing at a neutral site would ease or help. What does that say about your fans? What does that say about your fans? Then he mentions there has been talk about a state tournament with all of these teams. I... I like the idea, sort of, but I hate the idea of taking away quality home games for these teams. Listen, BYU's not scared. They go up to Weber State. They go up to Logan. They go to, they're going to UVU. Somewhere a Utah State sake. fan is saying, no, BYU didn't do that for a while. They re-upped. They, they changed. They figured it out. And then okay? they went to Logan and BYU won did, last year. BYU didn't just call it off forever and give some excuse. They talked about it. They started playing some neutrals. Is That's that whatever? the thing. There was a discussion. Yes. There was yes. a discussion. Yes. yes. Not just pulling the plug. Okay, again, Kraskoviak, I'm not describing BYU as dirty players. He just finally felt it was time. He said that a foul two years ago was probably the worst offense, should have been a flagrant two, and blacked out a player. I'm not sure which play he's referencing. I wish he would be specific. A player blacked out? I'm sure there's a play where a BYU player blacked out the last couple of years. I'm sure there is. Like, I, in, in I a just game. don't. And it's not addressed because it happens. If, if he has yeah, the if discussion If we talked about Dave that Rose, in football, that would be silly. If he has the discussion with Dave Rose and then says, you know what, we've discussed it. I just think it's important that we take a one-year break or a two-year break or whatever. At least have the conversation before you say, nope, it's over. I, I lose respect for a guy that won't even try. 
right? If you're not even going to try, I have a hard time saying, I respect the way you've handled this situation. I have not respected the way Utah has handled this situation at all. Has BYU had some cheap shots? Yes. Has Utah as well? Yes. Has it felt like it was more BYU sided than Utah? A little bit the last couple years. But guess what? That's, you've got to communicate. We have to communicate. We can't get things done as a society, let alone in this situation, if we don't talk things out. We don't have to agree either. We, BYU and Utah still could have canceled the series, but the fact that they haven't even talked is a, on a totally different level. Now, I don't want to take away from the fact that BYU was out of line. Nick Emery was out of line. Yes, Absolutely. Yes. Should not have thrown the punch. Okay? There have been dirty plays. But let the coaches address that with the team, their teams, respectively, and try and work it out. And I know Larry Chris Koviak called Dave Rose, but don't leave a message. You need to meet in person. If it's this big, you need to meet in person. That's, Come on. That's the thing. That takes the girlfriend breaking up with the boyfriend without saying anything to another level. And what you, a message. And Utah needed to pay for that check because they're in a Power 5 conference. Chris Koviak said he almost go got lunch. carried away this year. Quote, I don't need to look foolish, but this is my nature. End quote. You look foolish. Hmm. Well, he said that he's, he's doing it to protect himself. Because he can't control the emotion of it? Did he did he he just wants to be different than the way he played, which was reckless at times. More importantly, how does BYU get into the NCAA tournament this year? BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan live from Studio B. If you ever miss an episode of this show live, catch the rebroadcast weeknights on BYU TV at 6 p.m. Eastern. Hey, the BYU Radio app is awesome. If you missed the show, you can download or stream uh, any episode all time of BYU Sports Nation. If you want to hear how clunky this show was at the very beginning, Labor Day of 2013, and I thought we did fine. It was the day BYU lost to Virginia, or two days later. You can go all the way back and listen to that. So it's been like two and a half years. You can download any episode of that on the BYU Radio app for Android and uh, iPhone. We have essentially thrown out the playbook for this show. We had, we had a loaded show before the comments came out from the University of Utah about 30 minutes ago in regard to why the Utes don't want to play BYU next year and Coach Kraskoviak having a public forum to kind of address weekly, more questions. This is a weekly regular press weekly pre- press yes. conference. Yep. Okay, so we, we've thrown it out. It has now become BYU-Utah and what Coach Kraskoviak has said. As it should be. Yeah, so that's it. We'll we'll address a bunch of other stuff. Bracketology, BYU's NCAA tournament projections. We got all week. All we week long. Week. Okay. It has become Big 12 thing. BYU-Utah right now. So, Jerem, how do you fix the situation right now? Okay, I'm, I, I think if Utah wants to cancel the series, how about BYU and Utah don't play next year? Okay? If, is that and that's what not Utah, going to happen. That okay. game will not it's happen. It's not going to happen. Play a neutral the next year. I, I would rather it be a home game. But play a neutral up in Salt Lake. That's super neutral. BYU always plays these neutrals that are by people's places. Anyways, play a neutral, and then let's go from there. Okay? That's, okay, my, how- that's my proposal. If Utah's going to do this, is going to ignore the apologies, by the way, uh, that BYU has, has done. Larry Chris Koviak just said, you know, there was no apology from BYU. In the line, Dave Rose said that he said, sorry about what happened with Nick. And Larry Kuskoviak said, don't worry about it. Also, he ignored the fact that Nick Emery apologized in his public reprimand and suspension from the NCA for one game. 
He ignored those. You're just hearing what you want to hear. You're just seeing what you want to see. So don't play next year. 2017, play in neutral in December in Salt Lake. I want there to be an understanding that this game will be returned to Provo. So whether you play... Don't accept the 80,000 and just say... Let's just play it in the future in promo. So maybe 2018. If I'm BYU, I'm like, what's 80,000? You want it to cool down? One-year hiatus next year. 2017, they play at Energy Solutions Arena. 2018, there is the understanding that that next game to fulfill the contract will be played in Provo. Utah in no way, shape, or form is going to schedule a game in Provo right now. Are you hearing this rhetoric? They're not going to schedule a game in Provo. That's why I say just do a neutral. They don't want to even schedule a game, let alone well, a neutral. If they don't want to pay the eighty thousand dollars, then they then no, they, they need will to play pay the eighty thousand. They need to play a game in Provo. They've already they, said they will pay the. I'm saying BYU don't accept the eighty thousand dollars. Go Heisman to the eighty k, and try and get a home game in the future, or just play a neutral. Let's just play a neutral. Keep your eighty k. We'll get a home game in the future. The comment that I cannot get over is that Larry Kraskoviak said he didn't think sitting down with Dave Rose to try and tone down the physicality of the rivalry was realistic. How does he know that's realistic without meaning? If with you him? don't try, this is I have this conversation with my four-year-old. Daddy, I hate that food. You've never tried it, Jax. I hate it. Try it. I well, if you don't try, you don't know. So how can he say, well, it's not realistic? You didn't even try. You didn't even try. That's one of many responses to this that are that are interesting. And I don't know why Utah continues to use this excuse of the play like that. I, I just wish they would come out and say, the Pac-12 is really hard. We don't want to play any other tough non-conference games because we want to make the NCAA But I don't tournament. think that's it. I don't I, think I, that's it. I have a hard time believing that it's not. I think Larry Koskowiak is just mad at BYU and wants to stick it to BYU. Isn't it fun? Yeah, and the university as a whole. They already did it in football. Bottom line, years. I think that's exactly what it comes to. I, I don't want to play there. I'm mad at them. We're going to stick it to them. Isn't it funny that the team that has lost how many in a row in basketball? How many in a row? Three. Three. Three in a row in basketball is the one begging to play. Isn't that weird? Because we know that the game matters to people. The U is not bigger than playing BYU. They want to act like they are. Being in the Pac-12, that's all very important. And listen, one day, let's say this proposal uh, does not pass and BYU gets invited to the Big 12, BYU would never be beyond playing Utah in football and basketball because be. it's bigger than what conference you play in, it's bigger than the year, it's bigger than a coach, and it's definitely bigger than an athletic director. I'm not taking away the idea that he's concerned about players getting hurt. Just have the conversation. But don't make it personal and say, we're not playing the game. He's really hurt over it. We're not playing the game. Boo-hoo, as Jeremy always says. The whip hits next. BYU Sports Nation presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. What should we do, Jerem? Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Men's basketball. At the University of Utah press conference today, the University of Utah has decided to move forward with their decision to move away from the BYU game. Utah President David Pershing says that although there will be no basketball game with BYU next year, we are committed to expanding the schedule to include BYU and other state schools to the extent that they desire such games. BYU desires it, period. And they beat San Francisco 102-92 on Saturday to improve to 8-0 at home. Four players scored double figures. Chase Fisher had 25. Nick Emery had 21. And this bit of news. Former Cougar basketball assistant coach Dave Rice resigned at UNLV yesterday after posting a 95-54 and record over the past four and a half seasons. 
women's basketball. Cougars have won 10 of 11 after a 66-57 win at San Francisco, led by Lexi Radelch's 22 points and Kylie Maeda's 14. Volleyball. It's good to be number one. And the Cougars open the season with a four-set win against number three Loyola on Friday and then a four-set win over number 14 George Mason on Saturday. Ben Patch is back. He had 21 kills in his return to the Smithfield House in that raucous crowd on Friday. Cougars in the NFL. Daniel Sorensen and the Chiefs beat the Texans 30 to nothing Saturday. Meanwhile, Ziggy Ansah was named second team All-Pro. Track and field. BYU won 15 events over the weekend, including individual performances from Shea Collinsworth, who ran the second fastest 500 meters in school history. Jimmer. It was a great week for the Collinsworths. Brother Fredette scored 21 points and handed out six assists in the Westchester Knicks 115-114 win against David Stockton's Reno Bighorns. Tennis. Jimmer owns David Stockton. <laughs> BYU men's tennis beat Southern Utah 7-0 over the weekend. Swimming and diving. The women won and the men lost at Grand Canyon. This is a big week on BYU Sports Nation, to say wow. the least. Adding on this BYU-Utah conversation to the pending vote about deregulation for conference championship games that very well Friday. could affect whether BYU gets an invite to the Big 12 or not. That goes down on Friday. It's Gonzaga week. BYU volleyball against Stanford. Man, yeah. I love my life yes. right now. Greg, Greg Swain. I have a mustache. This is great. Reporter out of Big 12 country has been uh, loudly chirping that BYU is the number one option if the Big 12 decides to expand. He will join the show tomorrow. Matt Brown of SB Nation on Wednesday. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter. Help when you need the most. DexterLaw.com. Who deserves it, Jerem? Zach Selyus. Last three games, 16 points a game, 54% from three. Our Twitter question today at this point of the season is BYU hoops ahead or behind where you thought they would be. The elite tweet of the day has nothing to do with that, and rightly so, because it's about BYU-Utah. From Jake Murphy, former BYU and Utah tight end, I'll miss the game, but to believe Coach K truly stopped the game because of intensity and safety is laughable. That's from a Ute. That's from a Utah Ute player. Thanks, Anson Winder. And everyone on our crew, the conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter using the hashtag BYUSN. Show on demand, BYUSN.com. Audio podcast on iTunes. For Jeremy, I'm Spencer. Shout out to Reed Noble. We'll see you tomorrow.